Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! Welcome back to our midweek teaching here at Quaybog Church. Uh, so uh, typically what we do on uh, on a Wednesday is just do a quick teaching on either something that we touched on on the previous Sunday to maybe take a, a little bit deeper dive into it. Or again, as I've said in the past, sometimes it's just uh, me musing through things that I have listened to or read. Uh, sometimes it's an article. It could be a lot of different things that spark uh, spark these. And as I mentioned, the last couple Sundays at church, this series that we're in right now called Messy, uh, well, I guess we're not anymore. It was a two-week series called Messy to really get us thinking about uh, conflict and controversy in church and how to handle that conflict and controversy in church. And so I, I had mentioned that when I was trying to figure out how to use the, utilize those two weeks best, I was really stuck. And I'd been praying about it and I'd been studying and been thinking and I had all these different ideas, but nothing really felt like it was working out. So I shared the last couple of Sundays that I asked my daughter, Asher, I said, hey, I'm really stuck on, on what to preach on. And I said, what do you think I should talk about? And uh, she just said, well, there's all this stuff going on lately, uh, a lot of controversy and a lot of hot topics, you know, maybe maybe talk about that somehow. And, and it was like, as soon as she said that, it was just like, God used that as this lightning bolt. And I saw both weeks. I saw exactly where we were going to be. I knew we'd be in Matthew 18. And it's just a cool reminder how God speaks through all of us, right? And the ideas, good ideas can come from all over the place. And uh, and even for me as a pastor, to remember that I'm not in this thing alone. <laughs> I don't need to just ever come up with everything all on my own. I can lean on the Holy Spirit, and I can lean on how God will speak through somebody else. So it was really cool to see that. But where do we go? Where do we land ultimately with that series called Messy, Handling Conflict and Controversy in the Church? So uh, we were in Matthew 18, because in that chapter... Jesus is talking a lot about uh, kingdom living, and he's he's really trying to get us to understand what it looks like to be a member of the kingdom of heaven. And with that comes some expectations that are really, really high. And, and he touches on that a lot in Matthew. In the Sermon on the Mount, particularly, he says, you know, this is what it looks like to be my follower. And so we, we touched on that idea just to help us bring some context to the things that we were talking about. We also talked about how Jesus is in Matthew 18 talking to Jews, right? Not Christians, because like, Christians in the, in the Christian church didn't exist yet. Uh, he was still referring to Jews and how they live out their calling to be members of the community of God. And then, of course, a lot of that transfers to us. And interestingly, a lot of that can also transfer to your own life and how you handle conflict and controversy. So here's where, here was the arc, basically, and here's where we landed. Um, in the beginning of Matthew 18, uh, Jesus sets up a, a pattern of how you're supposed to handle church discipline, because he talks a lot about f- mercy and forgiveness in chapter 18, but it's interesting, though, that he also says, but there has to be accountability, and so he gives us a process for that. So if somebody sins against you, Jesus says, go to that, like, go to that person with a humble heart. So steps one and two, 
check your heart first with humility. You know, why am I going to this person? What am I trying to accomplish? Do I want restoration or do, do I just want retribution? So just doing some heart work first, some prayer work, going to that person, just you and them, so that you can address that issue with just you and them. It's not something that you have to blow the church up with. It's not something you have to go to social media with. You certainly don't get a bunch of your friends together and gossip about that person so you can make them look like the devil. You go and you just handle that issue directly. If they've sinned against you, go directly to them. The caveats, of course, being that if you need help on how to do that, yes, of course you can talk to somebody, but talk to somebody with wisdom. Don't don't go talk to somebody that's unhealthy and a gossip. Go find somebody that has some maturity in their faith. Hey, how do I handle this? How do I how do I bring this up? How do I say this? And then go and say it to them personally. Now, if this person has caused you like serious harm or they're a physical threat or something along those lines, if it's if it's legal, you know, there's something they did as illegal, I should say, then you probably need to not go directly to that person. There may need to be some other steps. Um, but if it's just personal conflict, somebody's sinned against you, humility, go to that person directly. If they won't listen, they won't apologize. Then you go get a couple of other people. But again, not your buddies that you can gang up on with. You go and you get some mature believers and you go to that person and you say, hey, I need to get some others involved here so they can hear what's being said. There can be a little bit more accountability because those people are going to have your interest and the other person's interest in mind. Because again, they want restoration, not retribution. Jesus says, if that doesn't work, then you get the whole church involved, right? Now now it's to the point, it's getting really awkward now. This person won't repent, won't apologize. So you bring them before the whole church. You, you make everybody aware of what this person is doing. And that's awkward. And if that still doesn't work, then you say, all right, now you can't come to our public gatherings anymore. Small groups, outreach, church on Sunday. That seems kind of harsh. But think about it. If somebody is causing so much harm in a local church because they are absolutely wrong and absolutely refusing to repent and apologize, then you can't heal with that person in your body. And so Jesus Christ says he is so protective of his people that he says that person's got to be removed for a little bit so that you can continue to work on restoration, but not with them there. So then he goes on and he, after that, he would tell the story of the lost sheep in Matthew 18 right? The one that wanders away. And he would say, look, the good shepherd goes after that one sheep, right? That's how much we matter. So again, it's about restoration. That's the point of what Jesus says, the shepherd going out to bring it back is to restore that sheep to the flock. Then he goes on a little bit later in Matthew 18 and he says, okay, so let me tell you a little bit of a story in light of this forgiveness thing. Because Peter comes up and he says, well, how many times should I forgive Jesus if I'm supposed to forgive? And there's a process for that well, how many times? He says seven times. And we talked about this past Sunday, that was a, a perfect number, right? It's a biblical number of per perfection and completeness. And, uh, and Jesus, Jesus says, no, uh, you're, you're missing the point, Peter. It's not just a, a check in the box. And then my question to you as you watch this, is forgiveness just a check in the box for you? Or is it a heart issue? Is it, I need to do this like for real because it also affects me. Me forgiving them, it affects me and it's good for my heart. And so he, he really pushes back against that idea that it's just something you do and you're just checking off. And then he tells a story, like I said, uh, to highlight that, a parable. And, he's, and he tells about a ruler who's been given this absurd amount of debt 
by the the ruler. And so this servant then, after he's forgiven, he's almost thrown into jail and like, and that's it for him. It's just going to be torture and misery for him. But he begs the master and he says, please forgive me. I'll, I'll pay it all back. And then outrageously, the master says, okay, I won't sell you into slavery. You know, I'm not going to throw you into jail. I'm not going to do anything to your family. Um, and then I'm also going to forgive the debt. So obviously the guy goes out and he's just totally changed, right? He's got this forgiving heart. No, unfortunately he doesn't do that. He goes out and he goes after another servant that owes astronomically way less. Uh, and it's like a million to one odds, perhaps, is what I'm talking about here. Like the ratio rather is like a million to one. And so he goes after the servant, finds him, chokes him, starts beating him. Oh, give me the money you owe me with a totally ungrateful heart a totally merciless heart after what he had just been forgiven, right? So the other servants hear about it. They see it. They go tell the master. The master comes back and he says, are you wicked servant? Are you kidding me? After all I forgave you, you're going to go and act like this. And it's that right there, that phrase, that idea in verses 32, 33, where Jesus is making the point of this parable. And he's saying, if you are a follower of his, like how could we not forgive others especially in trivial matters, when we have been forgiven so much. Jesus says, you need to live like you're forgiven. You need to act like you're a forgiven person and you need to have mercy. That doesn't mean a lack of justice, but it means that you need to live with mercy, that, that when somebody sins against you, your hope should be restoration. Again, not retribution. And so Jesus says, if we are unwilling to give forgiveness, if we're unwilling to give mercy, that there's going to be pretty harsh consequences. This is how big of a deal forgiveness is to God. He says, if you don't show these things, I'm not going to show them to you. And it's like, oh man. So in this life, I could get some serious discipline laid down on me by God as a follower of Jesus, because I refuse to show mercy or I refuse to forgive that there could actually be harsh consequences. And we covered that on Sunday, um, just some of the different examples in the New Testament. Your prayer is not being heard because you're sinning. You're being kicked out of your local church, right? First Corinthians 5, because you are unwilling to repent, unwilling to apologize, and you're doing damage to the local church. And then even when we stand before Christ, and th this is just, it's I don't know to say if it's equally as scary or maybe more so that there's there God could let consequences in my life here and now because of my unrepentant sin, particularly forgiveness and mercy. But eventually though, 2 Corinthians 5, I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account of my life, even as a Christian. I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account of everything that I've done and be repaid for the good and the evil that I've done. You know, that's, that's not a moment I want to walk into knowing that I've not been living my life, as Ephesians 4.1 says, living my life worthy of the calling that I've received. And so there's no, there's no free passes for you as a Christian. There's no, I'm just going to be this merciless, unforgiving person if you're a follower of Christ. Because if you're not a follower of Christ and you're watching this, you need to understand that Jesus Christ forgave us of everything on the cross. He went and paid a price that we could never pay on our own because we have all sinned, Romans 3 says, and fallen short of God's glory. None of us are perfect. And there's nothing that we can do to fix imperfect, right? You can't just make perfect again on your own out of something broken. It'll always still be broken, even if it looks better. 
And that's kind of what religion is, right? If you're not careful, you just think you're going to make yourself perfect. But Jesus says, no, 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 my followers, those that are really Christians, those people know that my forgiveness through my death, burial, and resurrection is the only thing that makes you right with God. It's the only thing that's going to allow you eternity in heaven. And so we should pass that along because that is an insurmountable debt, right? It's impossible to pay, like in the parable. We, there's no way that we could pay that back on our own. And yet that's what Christ would do for us. So the expectation is, believer, that we should pass that on. We should live as forgiven people. And so when we have conflict and controversy in the church, what do we see out of the last two weeks? That we need to handle it with humility first. We need to do it in godly community, right? Because conflict is going to happen. Controversy is going to happen in churches, but we can still be humble about it. We can still do it in community with a point of restoration, not retribution. And then lastly, we need to do it with mercy. We need to understand how much we've been forgiven and we need to live that way. And we need to have mercy on others because of that. And in the midst of all that, yeah, we can do accountability, but we should be doing it differently. You should see something different among the people of God and, and how we handle really difficult things. And there's been too many people that have been hurt because we've not done that right, right? In American Christianity, there's people walking away from their faith. There's people deconstructing their faith because what they're seeing in churches is not healthy. It's not Christ-like. So here's my challenge. Let's be like Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. Let's follow him. Let's follow the authentic Jesus and authentically look like him in our families, at our jobs, in our churches. All right, so there's our thoughts from the last couple of weeks. I hope it was helpful. If it was, if it uh, if you learned something or if it blessed you somehow, uh, like this, share this. It helps us to get a, a message of clarity out about what the Bible says about stuff. It helps us get messages out of hope for people, maybe even that have been wounded or that are holding on to unforgiveness. Um, but that's that's why we do this stuff is to, to be able to reach people, share hope, so you can be a part of that as well. God bless. We'll see you Sunday or we'll see you next week here. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.